When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is Cafe Mocha? Cafe Mocha is experts, celebrities. What's up? This is Belbid DeVoe. This is Chuli Idris Elba. This is Fantasia. This is Invo. This is India RE. So much more. All from a woman's perspective. What flavor are you, baby? This is Cafe Mocha. It's radio from a woman's perspective. We got a woman who speaks her mind on stage, on screen, and on her podcast. Comedian Ms. Pat is coming up. I'm Angelique. Yo, yo, along with Lonnie Love. Yo, it's springtime, ladies, and there are a lot of black TV shows that we should be watching. Ooh, um, ooh, ooh. I actually got to watch an interesting show written by Donald Glover starring Dominic Fishback called Swarm. And it's mm-hmm. a, a very unusual. It's on Amazon, Amazon Prime, Prime. And it's very, very unusual, uh, different type of dark horror type of show. So it's been trending um, during the weekends. People have been, you know, watching it. And it's kind of based on a fan base that is sort of similar to like the fan bases of like the Beehive or Rihanna's Navy. And it basically takes this social media type of item and it's made into a docu-series. It's very interesting. Dominic Fishback does a great job um, in the title role. And it's called Swarm. So you might want to be able to check that out on Amazon Prime. Also, you have The Black Hamiltons. That is on BET+. Plus. Let's not forget about BET+, Plus, y'all. Because right now there is a bidding war for BET Plus between, um, it's three people now. It's Byron Allen, Tyler Perry, and also Diddy is putting his hat in the ring. They feel like it should be black now. But this is called the Black Hamiltons. And our fellow Lamont Rucker, uh, Vanessa Bell Calloway, Elise Neal is in it. And it's also on BET Plus. Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story is coming mm. to Netflix um, and it gives you the come up of Queen Charlotte, which if you watch Bridgerton, you know that Queen Charlotte is black. So this is her coming up okay. and that's on Netflix. Um, when, when, when? You know? The date is TBD, okay. but I believe it'll be like in April. Um, you also have Rap-ish which is not ish, but it's something else. But it's it's by our girl, uh, Issa Rae. It mm. talks about high school friends that connect over their love of music and decide to form a rap group. And this is on HBO Max. And it has a lot of new black faces. So it's something very good to watch. You also have uh, a few others. You have Run the World with my girl, Brisha Webb. That it's like four black women living in Harlem. Isn't that funny? It's like we got Harlem <laughs> over there, and now you got four black women living in Harlem. But that's on stars. That's and Brisha is ridiculous. Oh, oh my gosh, Brisha is so ridiculous in this show. 
Oh. I I ran across it kind of by accident. You know how when you're streaming shows, it'll just run into the next show. I think mm-hmm. I was watching BMF or something like that, and it ran into Run the World. I'm like, this. <laughs> I love it. I'm and, sexy. Brisha and, acting a damn fool. Brisha's always crazy. <laughs> you know. You also have P Valley, which you can watch on Stars, which is about a little strip club in a little town called Chuckalisa, um, Mississippi. And it's called The Pint. And it's a very interesting, um, but it's getting, it got a lot of, of awards uh, for award season in the, for the NAACP Image Awards. And that's called P-Valley. Um, you also have The Kings of Napa. Um, and that's on the OWN network. Don't forget, you have a network called OWN. They have a lot of black programming like The Kings of Napa, Ladies Who List, Atlanta, which is a uh, reality property show. Okay, and, but I'm yes. sorry for interrupting, but I'm just curious. Does their app, are they streaming yet? Because I don't, you know, I don't have OWN. I'm well, just streaming. Well, if you do have it, this is, you know... This is I'm pretty sure they will be because that's the reason why, you you know, it's important to follow what happens with this BET merger or Mm -hmm. or sale, because I'm pretty sure they'll take like all these programs and I'm listing that a lot of the listeners probably don't know about. They want to probably put it in one place and then that way it's streaming. And that's really what BET plus was initially supposed to be about but you need you know that ownership to kind of get you there i just have a few others also ready to love which our boy nephew tommy is the host it's like if you're tired of seeing black women as diversity hires on dating shows tune in to ready to love <laughs> and also there is another dating show called queen's court that is on peacock that's getting a lot of talk is with tamar it's with evelyn lazada and navia and i, I, I ain't just, i ain't gonna comment <laughs> it's like but it's getting a lot of buzz and also lastly women of the movement that's something that is on abc and i'm pretty sure it's on hulu adrian warren plays emmett till's mom uh, mamie till that's something that's still worth a watch if you have not caught it when we talk about the fact that there's no black programming that there are no black shows you know there's been a lot of work done um, mm-hmm. by a lot of black creatives to get black programming out there. Um, and so it's very important for us to support, you yep. know, these programs. And the thing is, is that they're so different. You know, there used to be a time in the 2000s, and Yo-Yo remembers this, that we only had UPN and BET. Mm-hmm. That's right. all we had. And now we have this slew of different types of programming, different mm-hmm. types of streaming services. So find the show that fits for you and at least streaming. You don't have to watch all of them, but at least find there's something in there for you. Yeah. And so support them. And so that was my report on all the new black shows for the yeah. spring. Lonnie, I wanted to ask you, did you watch Luther on Netflix? I haven't been able to catch that yet, but I'm hearing that it's a wonderful uh, it film really with is. them. Yeah, a yeah. great watch. Do you have to have watched the series to watch the movie? Because that's why I haven't watched the movie yet. Because I don't know anything no, about the series. I didn't no, watch, it's I didn't just straight. Watch yeah, I mean, you can just watch it. Okay, cool. Cafe Mocha. It's Cafe Mocha. Lonnie Love. 
Yo, yo, Angelique, and on the line, man, this is one of my hilarious comedy sisters. She has been doing stand-up, and now she has this hit show called The Miss Pat Show, and she also hosts a podcast called The Pat Down with Miss Pat. Welcome to Cafe Mocha, Miss Pat. What's up, sis? Hey, thank y'all for having me. You know what? You've been doing comedy for a while. Let everybody know how you started out doing comedy. I just took a dare from a caseworker. I just said, she was like, you should do comedy. So I went to an open mic and nobody checked my criminal background history. So I was like, hey, I can do this. Don't nobody know I used to steal. <laughs> Wait, your, your caseworker, what were you doing? Was it your caseworker or were you a social, <laughs> social worker? No, it was my kid. No, no, I went through the welfare to work program. Oh, Bill Clinton got me got me happy to be a Democrat, then made me get a job. Mm. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> so um, I voted for Bill Clinton. He started the welfare to work program, and the caseworker thought I was funny. So I just went and tried open mic. I watched it for about a year, and then I was like, I think I can do this. And um, I just tried open mic, and I was like, oh, I got a new job. I'm never stopping this. I love it. <laughs> you know That's what? Crazy. She is one of the funniest females out there right now. And one of the funniest comics out there because her comedy is very, very unique. For the listeners, Miss Pat, that um, may not know, tell them how you developed your first act. Uh, I just I just dug deep. I talk about myself, you know, having two kids by married man, getting shot a couple of times, trafficking cocaine. And I just figured nobody had my story. So I wanted to tell my story. And, and then people started listening and I got paid for it. I mean, think about it. When you when you a woman, you tell your story anyway to your friend. The difference in comedy is you just got more people listening and somebody going to pay you. I love it. What I love is how you just throw these things out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just, you just trafficking two kids by a married man, trafficking. Like, yeah, girl, I had eggs for breakfast. Then I got my nails done. <laughs> That's her. That's I'm like, life. you have to, you have to you check her out because she is one of the funniest standups. When I say funny, she's funny. She participated in the ninth season of NBC's last comic standing in 2015. Now, Miss Pat, did that help change? Did that help elevate your career doing that type of show? I don't know, Lonnie, because I got eliminated on my birthday. <laughs> I was like, damn, y'all can <laughs> Them fool kicked me off on my birthday. I said, y'all, it's my birthday. <laughs> That's what I remember. I said, and you know how as a comic, you always think you a little bit better than the next person who made it. So the girl with the heart issue made it. I was like, y'all going to take a week hard over me? And it's my birthday. <laughs> I said, oh. I was so mad. I was like, y'all just taking that white girl because she telling y'all she got, she like unicorns and her heart bad. Oh. I was pissed. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, it's Miss Pat, y'all. <laughs> Patricia Williams. I tell you. <laughs> okay. You know. so, but the first time I saw Miss Pat, uh-huh. I saw Miss Pat doing, it was a show, and I'm just listening to her talk. I do nothing of Miss Pat. Uh-huh. And I found, that's how I found out about the show, Miss Pat on BET. But tell me how I know you got started from a co-worker. You you've been doing it for what two since two thousand two, I think I heard you say. Yeah, almost twenty look right at twenty years. 
20, yeah. 20 years, is it your lifestyle that, that you, how you create your jokes or is it just, you know, it, do you like the lifestyle of jokes? Is that what made you famous? Being so No, rude? I think it's just, well, I just, whatever happens, you know, I don't write, you, I don't sit down and try to write a joke. You never really hear me mm-hmm. talk about current events because by the time you work on them and you get them hilarious, people don't forget about their current events. So yeah. I just take day-to-day things like, I give you an example. Uh, I told my son a couple of months ago, I was like, your son is gay. I have a gay daughter, so I know a gay baby. And <laughs> my son is just denying, he's in denial. I was like, hey, the boy is gay. <laughs> you know, he's six. My son ain't gay. I said, I'm telling you, excuse me, friend. I said, your son gonna f- but we gonna love him regardless. <laughs> so, that's how I come with material. <laughs> I love I'm it. Sorry, I don't know. In Angelique's face. <laughs> it's Cafe Mocha on the line having a hilarious conversation with Miss Pat of the Miss Pat Show. Season three is streaming on BET Plus. Season two on BET Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Let's get into it. You've been doing the stand up. And then how did the Miss Pat Show come to be? Because I know uh, Lee Daniels had something to do with this. Well, I did um, Mark Marin podcast and I sold a book to Harper Collins and then I did Joe Rogan podcast and the two somehow they both dropped like in the same week mm. uh, of each other and Hollywood just came. I mean, I had like eight interviews and people like, I want to give you a show. I want to give you a show. And the first time didn't really work out. And then I hooked Imagine came in, Ron Howard company. Mm-hmm. And when they kind of put a hole on me, Lee Daniel, they got Lee Daniel involved from the first episode when he was doing um, Empire, mm-hmm. when it was, you know, when they, the first season was out. And it just took a minute because, no, you know, they was trying to give me a show where I was like, this ain't funny, y'all. And I was like, I just go back to stand up. And so <laughs> then we went through a couple of writers and they couldn't understand, you know, a, a hungry comedian, but you're going to remove a writer. I said, y'all can keep y'all money because y'all can never give me as much as I can steal from y'all. I said, so I'm going back to the road until we can get this together. So finally, Lee Daniel found us a writer and we clicked and made it work. But everybody was scared of the show because I'm a cussing mom and had never been done before. And, you know, the the language that we use, like real black folks talk at their house or real people talk at their house. And, you know, the industry just wasn't ready. They were trying to make me a nurse. I can't even pronounce big words. I'm like, this ain't going to work. They're going to know I'm lying. I can barely say, I can't even say script. So how the hell you going to expect me to say scopiapi or whatever the hell you say? I can't even say tessiscope. The thing to go around your neck to listen to your heartbeat. I'm like, this ain't going to work. Nobody's going to believe my ignorant ass up here, uh, a nurse. I can't even pronounce you. I can't spell this. Dropped out of school in the eighth grade. Let me be me. And so finally... They let me be me, and it worked. That's and, and that's the key, Miss Pat. You know the thing is, is that and for the for the listeners in Hollywood, they try to hook you up. Like the first thing they do is just what Miss Pat said. She had this wonderful book called Rabbit, um, and then she's been doing all these podcasts. She was on this um, radio show, Frequent Guest, called Bob and Tom. Hilarious. She just been killing it, been killing the road, and then here comes Hollywood a knocking. And the first thing they tell you is, you got to find a writer. You got to, you know, and if you. you we got to get you a writer and they usually find some little white guy that don't know nothing about black comedy. Don't know nothing about (laughs) black life. And like you said, like, but she had the strength to say, no, she was not so desperate 
that she was like, okay, you know, and then you, because what happens is you go and you pitch the idea. And so, you know, they're looking at her like, wait, what? You know, and so she knows herself. How did you know that you were so in tune to yourself to be able to make that no and not be afraid to say that no for the listeners? Well, for for me, I knew what I was talking about was way funnier than they was trying to, these writers was trying to write. And I had one writer, she just took all my jokes. I'm like, I wouldn't say that corny crap. And, you know, and then, you know, I'm like, I'm not saying this. I said, you can't be funnier than me. You, I, you can't because I know what funny is and I know how funny fits me. You know, we ain't out here writing for nobody else. We writing for me. So I know what I would say. Right. And so, you know, I just stood to my ground. Even after I got in the room, I had one white writer that went and told everybody I was homophobic. I said, how am I homophobic? When my daughter down here getting down in Atlanta, she's so gay. <laughs> me homophobic? <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> they ended up putting me in therapy and everything. I, said, I don't need no therapy because you can't. I, I had to learn that you can't say you're horrible. You <laughs> Hollywood have a different language. Can we do better? Oh, you gotta pick yourself up. Is there another joke in you? The hell with that. I'm like you're horrible, and I got in trouble. But I stood my ground, and I will always stand my ground That's because right. in the end, in the end, all I got left is me. Because in the end, that's their show. That's Fox and BT Plus show. I, you know, I own a piece of it, but let's be honest, that's their show. I own yeah. stand up. So if I don't if I don't take up and, and, and handle my business while I got that opportunity, I might not never have another opportunity. Definitely. It's Cafe Mocha on the line talking to Miss Pat about her Miss Pat show. Season three streaming on BET Plus, season two on BET Wednesdays at 10 p.m. So let's talk about season three that is currently on BET Plus. Uh, tell us uh, what can we expect? Oh, it's funny. I mean, it's it's a much lighter season because the first two seasons, it came out. We had cliffhangers. It was really deep. We did an episode about my mama boyfriend molesting me. We oh. did a abortion episode. We did. If, if it happened to me, whether you want to hear it or not, I want to put it out there because there's so many people out there that have been voiceless for so long, especially women. You know, they when they when they talk about abortion, uh, they talk about having a gay child. They wanna they wanna make everybody comfortable. Well, when I did the episode about my gay daughter, I did it like a black parent. I don't know what the hell him, them, they, and she and they is, but let me tell you this: I need to explain who you is today, and that's how I did the episode. Wow! Because you know we <laughs> when they come up with all these new genders and stuff, I'm 50 years old. That stuff is confusing. And if it was confusing to me, I know it was confusing to other people. The first time I heard it, I asked my daughter, why are you Neutrogena? Well, I had never heard of Neutrogena or whatever they call it. And and it resonated with people. That's it. That's the whole point is, is, is being able to resonate and take something and so that people can understand. Because a lot of people don't, everybody's so busy being PC, you know, politically correct, that they don't understand. People actually don't know. Yeah, and people people want to have a real conversation. If you yeah. gotta walk in, if I gotta be around you and you you so holy that I oh I got you cuss. Well, go about your business, cause I'm gonna go over here Chick Fil A and cuss where the real Christians hang out at. <laughs> oh, so what? Um, let's talk about some of your cast uh, members. You're the star, but you also have Tammy Roman as your sister. Can you talk about some of the uh, cast? 
Tammy, Tammy Roman is my sister. And I, to be honest with you, I didn't know who Tammy Roman was. I've told this to her a hundred times when they brought her on. And then I realized she was a reality star. I said, no, they was like, just let the girl audition. I'm telling you, she can act. She walked in that room, auditioned and walked out of that room with that character. Nice. I mean, couldn't have picked a, couldn't have picked a better person. Um, Javon Callaway is from theaters. Uh, never heard of him. Honestly, the 23-year-old who I created the show with, Jordan E. Cooper, he had already had Tammy and, and Javon Callaway in mind when I met him. So he had already brought them to the table. And then we just found the uh, the kids. The only kid I cast was the kid, Junebug, because that's, that's my favorite kid in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I love you know, it. Mama's, mama's be talking about, oh, I ain't got no favorite kid. You a lie. It's one of them kids you cannot stand, but you still love. <laughs> and one of them kids that you love unconditionally is a good child. That's for me, is my child, Junebug. Everybody else can go halfway to hell. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Pat, are you still doing your podcast? Do you have time? Yeah, I'm still. It's not. A, I'm still doing it. I'm sitting outside of my house now. I just built a podcast studio for it. But yeah, I'm still doing it. Okay, it's called the Pat. And I'm Dow. doing DIY. I'm I'm building my own house. I'm the contractor. It's running me crazy. Oh my goodness! He's <laughs> oh, probably don't don't curse him out, Miss Pat. <laughs> I love this. Uh, I've already customized it. Sued a few people too. I don't know why they be trying to play with me. Uh, Cause I'm a girl. They think I'd be like, uh, TikTok said that ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> Man, as we go, Miss Pat, what is it that you want people to, to know about you and to understand about Miss Pat? I just want people to be able to, you know, I'll tell people this every night. Just be it. I just want, if you don't take nothing from me, learn how to take that pain that, that you live with and learn how to find a way to laugh at it so you got control of your life. You're never going to have control of your life when you're dwelling on stuff you cannot change. You cannot, you, I don't cry. I, it takes, a, if I cry, I got to pop you in your mouth. But mm. I've just learned over the years. Let it go. If you can't change it, we can't change yesterday. Mm -hmm. So why keep living in yesterday? And I just, and I tell people that each and every time, learn how to just laugh at it so you can have control. It's a funny joke in it. Everything that you go through in life, it's a small, funny bit somewhere in there. If you stop crying and pay attention, you'd be surprised how much you'll laugh. Well, you definitely making us laugh, Miss Pat. Yes. And I want everybody to check her out. The Miss Pat Show, Season 3, streaming on BET Plus. And Season 2 is on BET Wednesdays at 10 p.m. It's always a pleasure. You got to come back, sis. I love you so much. And keep making the people laugh. Thank you. Thank you all for having me. Thank you so much, Miss Pat. Can't wait to catch a show. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Cafe Mocha. It's Cafe Mocha. Angelique, Lonnie Love, and Yo-Yo. We all know the hot groups of the 90s. Diddy, Notorious Big, Salt and Pepper. But do we know the women behind these great acts? There's a new book out called Women Behind the Mic, Curators of Pop Culture. 
they are here, two women who were behind the mic and helped blow some of these 90s acts into the stratosphere. Michelle Joyce, thank you for joining Cafe Mocha. Thank you so much for having me. And a regular, a familiar face and voice, our very own Dr. LaJoyce Brookshire. Welcome back to Cafe Mocha. Hello. Hi, ladies. Hi, Lonnie. Hi, Angelique. Hi, Yo-Yo. Hello. So take us back to the 90s. What were you guys doing back in the day with these acts? And why don't we know about it? (laughs) We were going to work every day. That's the first thing, Angelique. Uh, You know, when you're grinding in that way, you don't think that you're building something spectacular, like a little thing they call pop culture nowadays. Mm -hmm. So I was director of publicity at Arista Records and MJ. We call Michelle MJ the director of marketing at Bad Boy Entertainment. But before that, I worked at a label and I have a story about Yo-Yo. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. I worked at East West Records. Yes. And I got promoted to the promotion, um, college promotion and marketing manager for hip hop. And Yo-Yo was signed to the label. And our colleague, Kevin Chico Gibbs, was out for a promo day with her. And I asked him if we could slide in one interview for me at WSUV, Fordham University. And we took Yo-Yo to the station to be interviewed that day. <laughs> but I'm having a 360 moment right now. How and old was she? She was a baby, just like I was. 18 years old. And every time I go somewhere and Chico is in the in the vicinity, I, I call him up and he comes. I have pictures of him with his son. And now his son is a, a, a grown man. And I'm holding his mm. son. It's, just, it's crazy. You ladies were PR people for, I mean, Bad Boy was defined hip hop at one point. There was mm-hmm. nothing but Bad Boy. So talk about building this skinny kid named Sean Combs into a uh, a brand which wasn't really mm. a, a thing back then, but but he was a brand before it was yes, an in word, you know? There was a thing called branding, and that's a marketing term, and Michelle's role was marketing. I was publicity. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget the day that Clive Davis called me and said, I want you to start treating Puffy as an artist. I said, say, what? wait, wait, what? He said, I want you to start getting press for him and doing everything for Puffy just as you would if he were an artist. And I said, yes, sir. And the first thing I got him was a four page spread in Vanity Fair and a photo shoot with Annie Leibovitz in a mansion in L.A. Wow. And they they named that article the Notorious VIP. Oh, wow. Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair. Wow. It wasn't a hard sale because Bad Boy, like you said, was at the top of the charts. And that was due to a lot of our efforts behind the scenes, toiling. And uh, at one point, there wasn't a magazine that did not have one of the Bad Boy artists on its cover, not a newspaper where the Bad Boy artists weren't on the cover or any of my artists. At one point, I'll never forget, I stood at a magazine stand and counted 16 covers at once. And then I was like, that's why I'm so daggone tired. (laughs) (laughs) Here's what I want to know. Because hip-hop in the early 90s was such a fade and the stereotype that stood with it, a lot of people didn't want to touch it. 
Was it difficult for marketing and um, publicity to get artists, uh, the publicity and and marketing, um, that get that engine going? It was really challenging, but we were successful in that we were able to break our artists and our projects on the street level. When street Mm -hmm. team marketing was still a thing, when mixtapes were still a thing. And LaJoyce and I talk about this frequently. Nobody wanted to book our hip-hop acts on TV shows or even in venues because there was such a stigma associated with it. Oh, if we book hip-hop here, it's going to be violent and going to be drugs. We had one person that we could call, and her name was Mary Flowers. Yes. And she was the head of talent booking at the Apollo. And she would say, okay, baby, send me some music, and I'll call you back. And she really helped us break hip-hop artists in New York City. We love Mary. Mary named her cat that used to hang around the building, Yo-Yo. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so cute. That is adorable. Now that, and Michelle would do that. And I would leverage my other artists, my R&B artists with my rap artist at the time. So I would tell them, okay, you know, you're going to want Deborah Cox. You're going to want Whitney. You're going to want TLC. And I would leverage them and get make space for my rap hip-hop acts. Was it difficult for women behind the scenes to make a statement when you were taking these groups uh, through the ringer? No, not for me. It wasn't difficult. It was, I didn't have the issue with people flirting with me. You know, I was always very buttoned up and look corporate. And I think that that was intentional because I carried a very much the sentiment, don't mess with me that I am here all business. I'm the chick with the clipboard. So I, I always gave off the vibes that, you know, this is all business and, you know, stay away. So I was taken seriously. And I had the protection of my artist. I, I would have Biggie telling people don't curse around her. And um, Come on, Biggie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Biggie would say don't curse because I would make them pay if they curse. So I, I would have the protection of Puffy you know, he would always say, you have to check with her first. So it was, it, they very much helped to make space once they found you on your side. But Michelle and I bonded on the first day that I had to do a press day with Biggie. He hadn't been media trained. It was going to be at the Bad Boy Artist. I had invited just a select group of press and spaced him out an hour each. And Biggie and I were going to huddle first and do a quick media training. Well, when I, we came and we got together and he was looking me up and down and giving me a real nasty look. And I said, okay, let's do this. And just, how would you answer this question? And I'm just going to ask you some questions and answer. So I'm like, answer the question with the question. Don't say, don't say the N word. Don't do this. And he called, he said that I was a B. He said, you're a B. Wow. And I said, oh, it, first of all, it's Miss B to you. And we're going to do it this way. This is how you're going to respond. And he said, I'll be right back. So he got up, he walked away, and about 15 minutes later, I went looking for him. I was like, well, maybe he's hanging out in somebody's office. And then I asked the receptionist, is he big? He said, oh, yeah, he left about 15 minutes ago. <laughs> and I went to Michelle's office, and I'm like having a fit. I'm like, the press is on their way. She's like, girl, tell him what you said, MJ. I said, girl, breathe. <laughs> Get used to it. I said, and from now on, you're going to tell him to be an hour earlier than you actually need him. And that's the way we trick him into being here on time. And then she said, you're hungry, let's go. <laughs> we went out and got some food and came back. And he was there when we got back. Here's your dose of espresso. 
Strong, hot news now. This is The Espresso. It's been three years since the murder of George Floyd, and Minneapolis police finally came up with new rules for cops. Like, they can't pull you over for a minor traffic law or just because they smell weed, and there's a list of other rules. This isn't about a checklist of paragraphs to say, we did this and we're done, we did that and we're done. This is about making change real. It's about changing the culture of policing. And the day many thought was never coming finally did. Donald Trump was arraigned on a New York Supreme Court indictment on 34 felony counts of falsifying business records in the first degree. Hold your applause. This weekend in theaters, Viola Davis plays Michael Jordan's mom in air. And if you've ever seen videos of Dolores Jordan, she's extraordinary. You know, she's one of those people where you're like, where did this talent come from? Where did this vision come from? There's a whole generation of people, they didn't really have dreams. And if they did, they died in the sharecropper's field. That's the espresso. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. New York Times bestselling author, LaJoyce Brookshire and Michelle Joyce. The book is titled Women Behind the Mic, Curators of Pop Culture, Volume 1, Word to the Wise. I want to know because right now there's this talk about SWV versus Escape and who should be opening. And in your opinion, because you <laughs> ladies know about the history of this, who should be the headliner? Wow. From my perspective, SWV, because SWV paves the way for Escape to come behind them and have the career that they have. Maybe that's an unpopular opinion, but that's what I feel. Yeah, online, I was going it's to- like that. Yeah. Okay. Is that, what, is that what the scuttlebutt is online also? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I would say that if we are going in terms of billboard, the billboard effect, then we should line it up. Who has more number ones? Who has more top tens? Who sold more units? Because that is absolutely. So that's what I'm saying. Women just think differently than men. You know, it's just like, you know, they're logical. Let's talk about the point of having two creative, strong women, you know, helping to curate you know, this art form and how you were different than your male counterparts. Very different from my male counterparts because, you know, it's every woman for herself in this industry. And unless you, yes, today, unless you tapped into the sisterhood because their sisterhood was very much alive and present. And your very own Sheila Eldridge is a part of that sisterhood. Deanna Williams is a part of the book. She was on the panel discussion that we held at the Apollo Theater. And we are, have always held one another up, given one another projects, leaned on one another, cried. Our sisterhood runs deep. Michelle and I have been getting into good trouble for 30 years. Mm. Mm-hmm. Be- being in the industry for 30 years, I know for artists such as myself, um, it's been very difficult um, to recreate um, and, and to reinvest in yourself, um, to create a different brand um, or to rename yourself. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen that to be an issue in your industry where women started out like trailblazers and now you have to find a space for yourself in an industry you help create? Yes, absolutely. Some of have us to find a space. Yeah. Yeah, and I think some of us have done it well and some of us are still trying to figure it out. So, for example, I haven't worked at a label in years 
but I remixed my career when I went back to school to get certified in digital media marketing. And so I've been able to continue to work with independent artists and record labels and brands because I bought a skill set that kept me competitive and relevant. Mm -hmm. Definitely. What advice do you ladies give to a woman who's out there listening right now and it doesn't matter whether it's music or something, but she's trying to do something different or maybe she's feeling discouraged. What piece of advice would you give to that listener right now? The one piece of advice I would give is to, number one, follow your dreams, because our book is a compilation of 22 women who prove that dreaming is still worthwhile today. And the second thing, the companion to that, is to educate yourself, immerse yourself in everything, in no matter what the industry is. Immerse yourself in it. Go to the events. Purchase their periodicals. Read everything you can get your hands on online. And above all else, find a mentor. Mm-hmm. I would say a few things. And LaJoyce and I say this all the time. Stay ready, won't have to get ready. Mm. Be prepared for the opportunity when it arrives. And I would say that your net worth is your network. Build your network. Mm -hmm. So many opportunities have come from just my sisters picking up the phone and asking if I want to take on another project. Yeah. I know it was so difficult for me when, you know, you have all of these, you know, we grew up, I grew up in an era where you had regional reps to rep you and a lot of the relationships you really couldn't they weren't attached to you they were attached to the labels they were attached to the marketing rep or the PR rep and so when I felt like when I found my my way to go independently for myself I had no relationships and no resources you know Mm. um what could you tell young artists today when it comes to you said building relationships, you know, having a representative, how, how could they do, how could we do that different this time around? I would say if you walk into a room, make sure you get a business card from everybody in that room and you build your network, mm-hmm. attend local events related to whatever industry you're in, find local chapters of organizations for whatever industry you're in, build your network. I love it. That is so vitally important that do not leave any room where you haven't met everyone. Mm. And this is a ginormous party, of course, that's impossible. But it's a, it's a rule of thumb that I hold on to today. I went to a dinner party in Philadelphia. There were probably about 30 people there. A cousin of mine, was, it was given for her. She's a, a, a grant recipient in Philadelphia, an artist. And there were three tables of people. And I made my way around the room. I made some. I met a gentleman who was a producer for NPR. I met the woman. Just speaking about the beautiful murals in Philadelphia, the the lady said, "Oh, the woman who curates that is right over there. Let me introduce you." And she wants to put women behind the mic on a on a mural in Philadelphia. Wow! Wow! You know, ladies, as we close, what would you say is your greatest contribution? to this craft, starting with Eula Joyce? I would say that my greatest contribution to the craft has been excellence and execution Mm. in everything that I've touched. It's been excellent. How about you, Michelle? Paying it forward. Every table that I had a seat at, I put my big bag in the seat next to me 
and saved it for the next sister to come along. Mm. Mm -hmm. Excellent. The book is called Women Behind the Mic, Curators of Pop Culture, Volume 1, Word to the Wise. It's a story of 22 veteran executives who were the engines behind the most iconic artists of the time. You can pick it up. It's written by LaJoyce Brookshire and Michelle Joyce. Thank you, ladies, for joining us on Cafe Mocha today. Thank you you for having us. Thank you. I'm definitely picking up the book. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye, y'all. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Make sure you follow the show on all platforms at Cafe Mocha Radio. If you haven't already and you want to hear all the good stuff you missed during the songs and the commercials, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Go to wherever you listen to podcasts, type in Cafe Mocha Radio, click subscribe. Till next time, you know where to find us on all platforms at Cafe Mocha Radio. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting in partnership with Compass Media. Executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit CafeMochaRadio.com.